We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. It is 5 a.m. in the morning. I am operating on maybe five and a half hours of sleep. I am supposed to meet my personal trainer today, and I was so afraid that I wasn't going to be able to be on time that I tossed and turned throughout the entire night because I thought, if I don't wake up, I'm going to sleep through this, and then I'm going to miss my first session with my personal trainer, and that is not going to send a good message. And so instead of getting a nice restful sleep, I'm tossing and turning and I keep looking at my clock to make sure that I'm going to get up in time. And so now I'm standing in the gym with my trainer and I am so tired. And like I said, this is the first time that I've actually really met with him. I'm looking around at this gym. It's a fairly small gym. There is a rack of weights. There's a medicine ball. There's a treadmill and a bunch of other things that I'm fairly familiar with because I've been going to the gym for several years by myself. But I decided that I needed to do something more intense for me because unfortunately, as the years continue to go by, I continue to put more and more weight on my body, which I know physically is not healthy for me and I want to be able to stick around for a while and spend time with the people that I love the most. And so I know that something has to be different. And so I've decided to hire this guy to see if he can help me take better care of my body. And I've, I've asked him in particular if he can help me holistically not just working particular muscles, but I want to be able to work more holistically, mind, body, and spirit. And I chose him because he is a jujitsu instructor in, in addition to being a personal trainer. And he told me that his master who taught him about jujitsu believed in that holistic part of healing where we do treat mind, body, and soul. So I felt that this was going to be a really good experience for me. He's showing me around the gym, giving me a little bit of a tour of his place. He has just moved in a couple of months ago, and he's really excited about this new building that he's in, telling me about the history of the building. And as he's talking, I end up stepping onto the mat where he teaches jujitsu. And he says to me, hey, you got to get off of that. That is sacred ground. And when he said that, I immediately stepped off of the mat. I I didn't want to be disrespectful. But what struck me more was how immediately he reacted in a way that said, hey, dude, this is a sacred space and no one is allowed to be on this sacred space until they're instructed to do so because sacred work, beautiful work happens on these mats. And so there's formality to it. And that made me really think about a question that a buddy of mine had asked me just three days earlier. And this is the question of the podcast. The question that my buddy asked me was, can you help me understand the 
the difference between walls and fences. And what we're really talking about here is boundaries. So my personal trainer definitely had a boundary about who was allowed to step on his mat and who wasn't. In the book, You Don't Have to Take It Anymore by Stephen Stosny, he gives a beautiful dissertation about boundaries. And he shares the story of a woman who has been taught by many therapists about how to establish boundaries in her relationship with her husband, who tends to be abusive. And Stephen says that there's not really a problem with having boundaries. The word itself is establish. And what he means by that is when you establish a boundary, that's just a theoretical line in the sand that really doesn't have a lot of power to it. But when you connect with your own value as a person, you don't establish boundaries. They automatically show up. And so as I pondered upon his dissertation, I, I thought about this example of a house that is in the slums. Nobody's actually been paying attention to it. The owners aren't even really paying attention to it. And so people may come in and out of that, that house. No one's taking care of it. There are broken windows. There's graffiti on the walls. It's a torn down, really uncared for place. And so anybody could walk in and out of there. It's, it's dangerous. It's not a safe place. Now compare that to your home. You have a place that you live, and I would imagine that you care for it. I would imagine that you try to keep it clean. I would imagine that you try to protect it the best way that you can. And the reason why you do that is because you find that, that there's value in where you're living. You have value in the roof over your head, and so you care for it. And because you have value, you don't just let anybody come in and out of your house. Somebody may come up to your door and try to sell you something, and because you don't know them, and maybe because you don't really want their product, you're going to open the door just a little bit. You're not going to open it wide open. You're going to have a conversation with the person, and you probably are not going to let them into your home because you don't know them. You value your safety. You value the safety of the people who are in your home, and so you don't just let this person come into your home. However, if you have a friend or a loved one that shows up, knocks on your door, you open it up, you see who it is, and you let them in because you want them to be a part of your life. And so you let them be in your home. Now, there may be certain places in your home that you don't allow guests to go to because those are sacred spaces. And just like my personal trainer felt about his mat, that is a sacred space. And so you're not allowed to step onto that sacred space until you've earned the privilege to be able to step onto that, whatever guidelines or rules that he has about that. And people aren't invited to go into the sacred areas of your home until they've earned that privilege. There's things that they need to do to demonstrate that you can trust them enough to be able to open up those different parts of your house. Now, you do that because you value those parts of your home. You value those as sacred places of your home. And so you automatically have boundaries put in place that say, mm, sorry, I'm sorry, you're not allowed in our bedroom. 
It's just a rule that you've set up for yourself and it's easily enforced because you value the sanctity or the privacy of that space. Now, if you didn't value that, if you didn't find that there was anything of value in that space, it wasn't sacred, it didn't matter, then you probably wouldn't care who came in and out, and therefore there would be no boundary. So, as Stephen Stosny is pointing out in his book, and what I've experienced with my clients, is that when I can connect with who I am, with my value as a human being, connecting with the truth that I matter, that I have value, that I have light and love and I have gifts, I'm far more able to say to someone who may be violating my space, maybe engaging in something that will violate trust with me, that I will say, hey, that's not okay. I'm not comfortable with that. And it's not a written exercise. It's not just a rote exercise. It's not something that my therapist assigned me to do or to say, hey, if you do this, this is how I'm going to react. No, it comes from within and I'm therefore able to say, hey, I, I'm not okay with that. And the more that we can connect with our own value, the easier to maintain boundaries becomes because it automatically is a part of our own sense of safety and preservation because we believe that we are important enough to protect the parts of ourselves that matter. Now, when my friend asked me what's the difference between walls and fences, it's that sometimes a person cannot connect with their own value. Sometimes they struggle with their own sense of truth that they're enough. And so the fear of letting somebody into their life in any capacity whatsoever is prevented because they've built a wall in hopes that it will protect them from being hurt. But in the process of building that wall, they've actually built themselves into a prison where they can't come out. And then maybe they'll have a little window in which they will try to interact with the outside world through this very small contained space, but they don't let anybody see them. Now that is not a boundary because they don't actually believe that they are worthy of connection. That is a wall that they've built, a prison that they've built because they are afraid of being seen. They're afraid of being vulnerable because they don't want to get hurt and so they put walls up. Sometimes they will put walls up with everybody and sometimes they'll just put walls up between one or two people. Why do they do that? Well, because as I said, they are afraid of getting hurt. They're not necessarily connecting with their own value as a person. They just don't want to experience the pain again and so the walls go up. Now the difference between that and a gate or a fence is that with a fence, I can still interact. It's like I have the white picket fence in front of my house, for example, and the people can walk by, but there is this barrier that says, hey, this is my sacred space, this is my property, and you are you can come on it if you're invited. But if you're not invited, then, then you have to stay on the other side of the fence. But I can interact with you. I can see who you are, I can have wonderful conversations with you, and if I feel like I can trust you, then I'm going to invite you into the yard. And if I feel like I can trust you a little bit more, I might invite you into my living room and so on. But it's it's not a wall. I'm allowing myself to be seen because I, I recognize that I matter and that I have value. And I'm able to see the other person. And in that process, I'm assessing whether or not this person is somebody that I can trust. But I'm not shutting myself down. I'm not building a wall that says, hey, 
I'm not going to let you see me. I'm not going to interact with you. Walls are built because of shame. Walls are built because I don't believe that I'm worthy of love and belonging. And so I'm going to put up the wall to protect myself from being hurt. Fences are built when I connect that I matter. When I connect with the truth that I have value and I'm willing to be able to let that value be seen, but I'm not necessarily going to let you walk into every aspect of my life until I know that I can trust you. And so that's the difference really between walls and fences. And as I think about my trainer, he definitely had this invisible fence around his mat. It's not that I will never be able to step on that map because as he and I have talked about, I'm actually interested in learning more about what happens on that map and I'm hoping that he will teach me. But right now, he, I haven't earned his trust enough to be able to step onto something that is sacred. And so he's getting to know me and I'm getting to know him and it's his mat. So he gets to say who gets to go on it and who doesn't. But in the end, as I develop a relationship of trust with him and he explains the parameters of the rules and he helps me understand what happens and what does not happen on the mat, then he will probably let me onto it. It's not about me. He, he's not letting me on the mat, not because I'm not a good person, but because he values the sanctity of his mat. It is what drives his ability to say, hey, you can't step on that yet. And that is the importance. There are many, many wonderful articles and books about boundaries, and they are all very, very good. Henry Cloud writes a book called Boundaries and has several other editions of books about boundaries as well. But the piece that I'm really wanting you to be able to hear is how well do you connect with your value and your worth as a human being? Because if you can't connect with that, then you can put a boundary in place, but it often becomes a wall. It often becomes a barrier that pushes the other person away rather than when you're able to connect with yourself and the person is engaging in behaviors for which you're not okay or they're engaging in things that cause you not to trust them, then you're able to say, hey, I know that I matter. I know that I have, I'm of worth. I'm sacred space. And because I don't trust you, I'm not going to let you be a part of this sacred space until you've earned the trust. And if you're interested in earning the trust, then here are some things that you can do to help show me that I can trust you. And if you're not interested in learning that trust, that's fine too. You just don't get to come onto my map. You just don't get to be a part of that. But I will let other people who have earned that trust come into this space because I can trust that they are going to honor my value. I can trust that they're going to honor my worth. And they're going to do that probably because they can also connect with their worth and their value. And so they have respect for the sanctity or the sacredness of my space and their space. To me, that's the biggest part of what makes setting a boundary so important. And what I know is that when we really walk through this, our shadows of shame will show up and try to hijack us and tell us that there's something wrong with us, that we're trying to set these boundaries and we're probably not going to maintain these boundaries very long. And What's wrong with you? Those shadows of shame show up to hijack that. But when we really connect with our core truth, that I matter, that I have value, that I have gifts and talents and abilities that I can share with the world, it automatically puts into place and I'm going to protect that because it's sacred. I'm going to find a way to protect that 
so that it doesn't get violated. And I'm going to be able to set some parameters in place, not because I don't want to have a relationship with you, mostly because I do, but I want to make sure that I can trust that having a relationship with you is going to be mutually beneficial for both parties. If you have a question for the Finding Peace podcast, please submit it to Troy at TroyLLove.com. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to TroyLLove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace 5-Day Challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a 5-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.